Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Trade on America. play a little bit, let you guys get fired up, Let's get ready to go. And just for the Facebook people out there that want to know, I have permission to use that music. It is uh, copy uh, right free music, so uh, quit banning my shit. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, it's uh, what are we doing here? Saturday night, right? So what do we got to get the proper proper intro, right? Yeah. It's Saturday Night Live. With Don Q. That's right. How's it going out there today? It is me, the D, coming to you again with another Saturday Night Live presentation. You're welcome. Or, I mean, thank my wife, I guess. Or if you don't care to see me, then blame her. I don't know what to tell you. At any rate, so uh, today is Saturday, August 6th. For the people that will be listening to this on the podcast, it is uh, going to be the 7th, so whatever. But I did on the show yesterday on Friday... I uh, wanted to, I informed everybody, um, hey, you know, log on, go on Facebook, check it out, uh, follow the show, and uh, you get to see this, right? You get to see the the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, and I'm drinking an old-fashioned, made with, well, it's not Maker's Mark right now, because uh, I, don't, I don't have any. So it's a bullet. And this is bullet bourbon straight out of Kentucky. I'll be there next week. Mm. It's so good though. Anyway. So uh I was been doing some thinking. I don't know, scary thought. And uh before I get into the show, I wanted to inform everybody that listens and watches this show that uh you know, it's official. It's 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 officially official. That we here at uh, Don't Tread on America are evidently being labeled as domestic terrorists. And uh, here's Senator Cruz out of the great state of Texas to uh, tell us more about it. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material, which listed various symbols and themes which, in the FBI's estimation, were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. But instead, they included, rather astonishingly, patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list is the Betsy Ross flag. Now, that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag in the FBI's indication is indicative of violent, uh, militia violent extremism, because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross 
flag with President Barack Obama, who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags. But it's not just President Obama. We also have President Biden, who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags. It's not just the Betsy Ross flag. Also on this list is the Gadsden flag. That's us. There you go. You As heard a symbol of violent extremism. Straight there, guys. Uh, the Betsy Ross flag. The uh, there's there's other things, but the the Gadsden flag for sure. And uh, Chris keeps texting me. I know he knows I'm on here live. I mean, what what do we got, buddy? What do we got? Let me see this. Simpsons, monkeypox virus. There you go. So Simpsons on it again. So, gas and flag. Um, the uh, God bless. Gas and flag. The uh, come and take it flag. Betsy Ross flag. The Tree of Liberty. Um, so, here's the thing about that. And I'm going to have to take all this stuff off because I can't concentrate getting 100 texts all of a sudden. Um, God bless. So, I can't, um, I can't focus with phones going off. I have to put it on Do Not Disturb. And, you know, I know the folks know I'm live, but here we are. They want to blow me up here. <laughs> anyway, um... The thing that kills me is the FBI, DOJ, they're so worried about these flags. It's like, oh my God, the Gadsden flag, um, the Tree of Liberty, the Betsy Ross flag, these symbols of patriot, patriots are um, now were deemed uh, domestic terrorists. In the meantime, you have a president who is, for lack of a better term, he's got to be. There's, there's no dancing around this. If you look at the actions of what he's done the last couple of weeks, I mean, forget about, I mean, shit, we can go the last couple of years, the last decade or so. Um, just based on his actions in the last couple of weeks, you cannot sit here and tell me that he's not compromised. And I would almost even lump into that group of compromised folks, the DOJ and the FBI. Look at, you know, the Hunter Biden um, laptop leak, that the laptop from hell. Um, look at these different things. And um, you have to wonder, you know, you have Nancy Pelosi. So let me let me just get into some some stories here and and the reasons why. Okay, so this is an this isn't a story I found by uh, Elizabeth Stauffer. And this was just wrote the other day. So, it's rather long, so just bear with me. The knives came out for former President Donald Trump the day he launched his 2016 presidential run and continued to follow him throughout his presidency. First came the Russian hoax that, despite its ultimate failure, managed to inflict irreparable damage on his presidency. Demoralized that their efforts to prevent Trump from taking over the White House had failed and desperate to find a new plan to remove him from office, Democrats seized upon a phone call between Trump and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. They accused Trump of engaging in a quid pro quo with Zelensky, promising financial aid to Ukraine if Zelensky agreed to investigate then-Democratic candidate Joe Biden's role in Ukraine's point man for the Obama administration, believing that he had nothing to hide Trump voluntarily released the readout of their conversations. Okay, before I read on, I want to I want to point out something here. Okay, so one of the reasons he was impeached over this phone call was the quid pro quo, right? Where he promised financial aid to Ukraine. What the hell have we been doing the last 3 months, 4 months, whatever with Ukraine? It's been constant financial aid. So you got to ask yourself, what quid pro quo is being played right now with the Biden administration and, and uh, Ukraine? The, the fact of the matter is there was never a quid pro quo with Trump, and he got impeached over this phone call. Zelensky is literally getting billions of dollars since February of this year. We're just in August, so it's at six months. And... 
and we're blaming a war over being able to find you know give this guy money uh you know we seem to think it has more to do with it being a situation of uh laundering um we do know there's no there's no if ands or buts about it we know that hunter biden was involved in a energy company in ukraine burisma on top of being involved in a energy company in china right so let me read on here democrats led by the repellent adam schiff got their impeachment but the most startling revelation from the whole incident had nothing to do with trump at all it was biden's dealings in ukraine including his threat to withhold a billion dollar loan guarantee if former president petro Poroshenko did not fire the prosecutor you guys all heard that story before Revelations from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop have since confirmed that Joe Biden was far more mixed up in his son's shady foreign dealings than he has let on. Biden has repeatedly denied knowledge of his son's overseas business dealings, but growing evidence suggests he is lying. Even worse, there are strong indications he may have been benefited financially from the younger Biden's influencing peddling. Tony Bobolinsky, one of Hunter Biden's former business partner, partner is certainly more credible than the anonymous whistleblower who triggered Trump's first impeachment in October 20. He confirmed to Senate investigators and on national TV that Joe Biden was indeed the big guy who stood to pocket 10% from the profits of the joint venture between the Biden CEFC China Energy and a company close with the Chinese company, uh, Communist Party. Bob Alinsky alleged that he, Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, met with a Democratic uh, politician in a bar in Beverly Hilton Hotel May 17th, or May of 17. According to the book written by New York Post, Miranda Devine, the purpose of the meeting was for Biden to vet Bobolinsky, a third-generation Navy, Navy veteran um, and de Democratic donor. In June of, oh, I'm sorry, in June, a December 18 voicemail surfaced of Biden telling his son that he had reviewed the Times article about his involvement with the Chinese oil to uh, tycoon and said he was in the clear. Now, we heard all about this recently. Last week, Devine reported that Biden was again identified as a big guy by James Gilliar, one of Hunter Biden's former business associates, in a text message exchange obtained by Republic Senate investigators on October of tw uh, 14th of 20. The day the Post broke its explosive story about the laptop, a mutual associate messaged Gilliar to ask if he thought Hunter and or Joe's, or Joe's campaign would try to make it, or we were never involved, and uh, try to basically make us collateral damage. Gilliar replied, I don't see how that would work for them. I think in this scenario that he wins, they just leave sleep, sleep, sleeping dogs lie. So... You know, what he's saying is a lot of people never heard about Hunter Biden's laptop when that story broke in, um, in October. That should have lost the election for Joe. Now, you could even go as far as there was no way Joe Biden was going to lose that election, regardless of... Um, regardless of, of the laptop. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people believe that he won unofficially or <laughs> 81 and a half million votes, right? Trump had, what, 75, I think it was, million votes, the most votes ever, except for Biden's 81 million on top of all the issues you had with busted water pipes and this, that, and everything, now you still have states and counties and states um, talking about this, about how these elections weren't legit. Um, be that as it may, you can't help but see that the press, the media, was complicit in this whole charade by making sure people didn't see or hear about that Biden laptop. And the fact of the matter was, you're talking almost two years after the fact. It's been a solid, what, you, October of 20. So we're in August. So yeah, almost, you're two months shy of two years 
of that story breaking. And it's just now starting to gain momentum, if you will. And, and you can't help but wonder to ask, is the reason that is because they're trying to get rid of Biden? You think they got everything they need out of him? And I'll say this about that. If, if there is this red wave coming in uh, November, assuming everything's legit election-wise, you have to believe that with everything that's going on right now, that this guy's going to get impeached. Now, I'm not sitting here clamoring for an impeachment for Joe Biden. And the reason I say that is because if he gets legitimately impeached, and what I mean by that is Trump was impeached, what, twice during his presidency? He obviously was able to still be president. And the reason I say that, you had Bill Clinton was impeached. And he was obviously wrote out his whole presidency under that impeachment. Now, um, the reason I say a legitimate impeachment is, let me top off my drink here. Oh yeah. The reason I say legitimate impeachment is this. When in Trump's case, for example, he was impeached by the Congress, but not the Senate. You have to have both houses uh, impeach the president for that person to have to leave office. Uh, the best example of this would be um, Nixon, right? Where he was impeached over Watergate and he had to leave the office. Um, that's the kind of impeachment I'm talking about is assuming there's a red wave like they're talking about. That means that Republicans take over the, the House and the Senate. Okay, they have the votes. He gets impeached. Bye-bye, Joe. Now, you could be sitting here saying, that's a good thing. Cool. Let his ass go. You can't honestly believe that Chuckles McGee is any better. Okay? And the reason I say that is because she's a dipshit. <laughs> um... So let me read on here. Do these reports prove Joe Biden is compromised president? At the very least, we know his son, Hunter Biden, is involved with dealings that warranted a Justice Department investigation. It is so hard to believe that the younger Biden might continue to sell his father's political influence for profit. Biden's laptop has been authenticated numerous times. The DOJ has admitted as much. So, it sure looks like the president has a history of putting his family personal interests ahead of national security concerns. This is why this is so concerning, that Joe Biden is now responsible for major diplomatic decisions. Just last week, he had a two-hour phone call with Pre uh, Chinese President Xi uh, ahead of Nancy Pelosi's plane trip to Asia and Taiwan. We don't know for sure what was said, but the White House claims Biden confronted Xi about China's human rights abuse. China has pushed back on this claim, claiming false information. So before I read on, I'll say this. Of course, we, we don't know. Okay, let's, let's assume China is doing whatever. We, we, we've seen proof that about the Uyghurs and, and whatnot. We know that uh, they have child labor issues and so on and so forth. So your phone call to this president prior to the speaker going to Taiwan was about that? Why? Where are those phone calls? We, you know, every time Trump made a phone call to whomever, we had, we had to have the transcripts. I need to see the transcript. What did he say to that leader? What did he say? I want to see the transcripts. I don't believe anything these people are saying. Oh, he's, he was talking about this. Oh, he was talking about that. Um, of course, China is going to deny it. Right? No, no, that's false. That's false information. So what's false information? That he said something to them about China, uh, human rights violations or that they are doing, that they are whatever human rights abuses. What's the false information? We don't know because we're the transcripts, right? So someone's lying, but sadly, we don't know who that might be. The fact alone should set off alarm bells in the public mind. The man asked, uh, tasked with defending this country inspires so little confidence that it's actually plausible and brutal. Uh, total totalitarian regime is telling the truth. How encouraging. 
Considering the risk to national, U.S. national security and the overwhelming evidence that Biden was once involved in business dealings with CCP affiliate companies, we need to see a readout from the Biden call. And that's, you know, just what I just said. So, essentially, you have a situation here where in 2013, I think it was, Biden was tasked with with Asian projects, and that included China, South Korea, uh, Japan, um, and I think Taiwan. And um, on these trips, Hunter Biden went with him. Why? You're the vice president of the United States. Why does your coked-up son need to go with you on these trips? Okay, whatever. You want to take your kids with you? Cool. I think Ashley Biden was there too, but nonetheless... During the times that they went on these trips to to Asia and to the Ukraine, and uh, Hunter was in tow, he wasn't. Hunter wasn't there uh, with his dad during these meetings. So it's like it's like Joe was talking to the vice president of China and the prime minister of this and the prime minister of that. He uh, Hunter wasn't in these conversations. He wasn't there. So where was Hunter? Hunter was cutting dealings with other companies and it's not even just as much as uh energy companies like we hear cf uh cecf with china and burisma we've heard those names before but hunter had a a company that he had formed with some buddies of his back home called rosemont seneca okay and then those one of the people in, involved in that was uh michael hines okay who's michael hines well he's the stepson of john Kerry. okay so you have a situation where you have the Secretary of State and his son, the Vice President and his son, right, made a company. This company was involved in dealings with China. Now, they were a, like a capital gains type corporation, something like a, a J.C. Morgan, or J.C. Morgan, <laughs> like a Morgan Chase or a uh, Morgan Stanley, I should say, um, Chase, uh, you know, those types of brokerage firms. But they're just a little pissant company that out of Georgetown, um, you know, D.C. But they were able to gain these contracts in China when those big corporations couldn't. But these guys could. Why? Why could these guys do it and... You know, Morgan Stanley and Chase and these, uh, what was the other one? Goldman Sachs. Why couldn't those type of places gain influence into China? Why? Well, because you don't have the vice president's son or the secretary of state's son asking you questions. You got just random guy A and random guy B trying to do whatever. It helps when you have the vice president and the secretary of state's sons involved in the conversation, because immediately China, Ukraine, and whoever else, you instantly say, what can these guys do for us? If it's going to cost us a million dollars a year to pay uh, Hunter Biden for whatever, cool. That's going to gain us influence. You know, during Biden's run for president, he sat there and said numerous times that China isn't isn't our problem. You got to think for the whole time Trump was running for president and even when he was president, all we heard about was how um, Russia, you know, it was Russia, Russia, Russia. He's involved with Russia. He's this with Russia. He's that with Russia. And then you fast forward four years into um, Biden becoming president and the the same things that they were blaming Trump for, Biden and his family is actually doing. But you're not hearing anything about it. By this point in Trump's, in, uh, Trump's presidency, he was already about to be impeached. And, um, and uh, you can't help but wonder if, um, <laughs> if, if, if the House and the Senate was stacked differently how would that be so in doing more research on our corrupt leader 
as much as every and, and it's easy for me to say, okay, well, Don, you're you're Republican, so of course you're going to sit there and say that that uh, Biden whatever and Trump didn't do anything and Biden's guilty. Da da da. But look at what's going on. Everything that they blamed Trump for, Biden and his family is actually doing. Everything <laughs> that they said Trump was doing with Russia, the Bidens are actually doing with China. Now, I don't know, maybe Joe doesn't have a freaking clue what's going on. That is very possible that he doesn't even know what the hell's happening. But his brother and his son sure as hell do. And his son, <laughs> obviously, I mean, what did Joe say at one point? Smartest guy he knows, right? I don't know that Hunter is so much smart as he is like street smart. He's conniving. He's a, as a he's a crackhead. He's a you know, he does the things he does, right? And uh of course he's going to use his dad's name to gain him. I mean, I, I don't know personally. I don't know any crackheads myself. I don't hang out with those types of people. But I can only imagine that people that are crackheads aren't the most trustworthy people that you want to hang out with. And they're probably always scheming for a deal to try and get their next next hit of crack. Now, in Hunter's case, he's trying to be the millionaire, right? So you remember last week when we talked about the uh, the Pelosi trip to to Taiwan, right? And uh, and the uh, president of China was like, you know, um, he gave the play with fire deal, like those who whatever play with fire are going to get burnt, right? And and I had asked the question, what did he mean? Now, of course, and since then you've seen them do their military marching and they're oh, you know, they're flexing and they're shooting missiles and they're doing whatever. Okay. Is it a big deal? Maybe. Is it not a big deal? Probably. Because the way I see it is this. You're shooting missiles and you're positioning and you're doing whatever. If you really were going to do something, why wouldn't you do it? Like, if you were really pissed off that Pelosi went to Taiwan, so pissed off you're going to shoot missiles, why aren't you hitting? It's like, you're, are you provoking to try and get us to go to war? Is that the idea? You're going to waste your artillery on that? Or is it much ado about nothing is it legitimately military exercises then you have to ask the question we were scheduled to have a ballistics uh, missile test this week and now that missile test been put on hold so is it are we scared um is it a situation where we're not scared but biden doesn't want to provoke their friends i don't know but um, when, when I had talked about this last week, about the play with fire comment, I said it had nothing to do with war. I, I really didn't think that Pelosi going to Taiwan was going to start a war. Now, I did say that it could have been a false flag moment that Pelosi was going to Taiwan, right? And I could have seen a situation much like Project Northwoods where Oh, there's Pelosi's plane. Oh, no, they shot it down. Now we have to go to war. I could have seen a situation like that. Not saying they would have killed Nancy Pelosi, but they could have shot her plane down. Not, and I say they, I don't even mean China. I'm talking about they. Um, and nothing obviously happened. She went to Taiwan, whatever. She left. She went to Japan. I mean, it caused more of a ruckus when uh, China started shooting their missiles off and stuff. But it's all a bunch of just hoo-ha I mean for lack of a better term they're just all like so um see I have this story so when was this story this is actually July 28th so um China obviously there's there's a lot more to the Taiwan story than than most Americans even know so basically what happened was back in I think it was 49 the um, China, the Communist Party took over China. And the people that was, the, the uh, family that was running China at the time were, were ousted, essentially. I'm just give you the Cliff Notes version. I don't know exact names and, and dates. I want to say it was, it was either 39 or 49. I can't recall exactly, but 
There was a nine in it. <laughs> but, um, and they were forced to leave um, China, so they went to Taiwan. So Taiwan, in some circles, is actually known as China. Not China, the mainland, but its own little thing. Because the people of Taiwan, or at least the leaders of Taiwan, believe that they are the rightful rulers of China. But then the people in China, the, the rulers of China, believe... You, know, you see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a situation where... I, I don't know. It's really... It's kind of hard to explain. But we... We don't help any matters by saying... Oh, I think that uh, Taiwan... In America, we believe Taiwan is independent. Why? Because we don't know any better. Taiwan is its own nation. It's, but it's not recognized by the UN, by the United States. You heard John Kirby the other day say we don't recognize their independence. So if, if we don't believe that they're uh, their own country, why are we sending leaders over to Taiwan? Why is Nancy Pelosi even going to Taiwan? Um... Did she even go to Taiwan? I don't know. I mean, we saw pictures, her meeting with some folks. We don't know if they were actually there. I mean, they could have been in the Philippines, as far as we know. But, um, so, so let me read this. The, the position of the Chinese government and the people on Taiwan question is consistent. Um, and resolutely safeguarding China's national sovereignty and territory integrity is the firm will of more than 1.5 uh, billion Chinese people, the ministry went on, the public opinion cannot be defied. Those who play with fire will be perished. Um, let me see here. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, they felt some sort of way about her going there. I get it. Um, Biden wasn't, wasn't a big fan of her going. Okay? The play with fire comment, I think, had more, like I told you last week, I think it had more to do with War. I don't think it had anything to do with war. I think it had to do with this whole corruption thing. The Chinese government, it's a little bit different, <laughs> a little bit different than our government in the sense that our government doesn't know exactly what our uh, all of our uh, corporations are up to, right? You you have basic ideas, but you don't know the ins and outs. Um, in China, your energy companies, your military uh, industrial complex and stuff like that, that's all government. You know, it's not, they're not independent contractors, so to speak. So if, um, if, uh, <laughs> words, if Hunter Biden was involved with CECF, and I shouldn't say if, we know he was, um, you can't honestly believe that the Chinese government, they know, they know Hunter Biden. They don't, they know that Hunter Biden doesn't know shit. They know, you know he's a drug addict. He got kicked out of the Navy for drugs. So you know these things about him. The only reason he is who he is and he was where he was or is where he's at, whatever you want to say, is because he's Hunter Biden. If he was Hunter Johnson, <laughs> right? Um... So, you know, imagine if instead of Hunter, of it being Hunter and Joe, it was Donald Trump and Don Jr., right? So far, Hunter Biden hasn't been charged, and the media has largely been quiet about the, uh, the post, year, I'm sorry, the past year, and, uh, you know, for the past year and a half. So let's, let's ask a question here. What if a laptop of Trump Jr., of Don Jr.'s turned up, uh, right before the election, showing the following. So this is Donald Jr. So let's assume, let's just let's just imagine that uh, there was a laptop that Don Jr. took to a random repair shop in Delaware <laughs> to have repaired whatever was wrong with it. And on this laptop, it has him selling U.S. policy with Donald Trump keeping a portion. It has him using the N-word. It has him saying no yellows when ordering uh, prostitutes. It has him having child porn on it. And uh, 
has videos of him apparently having sex with minors. Uh, has information about him having an affair with his sister-in-law of his dead brother. It has his sister-in-law saying that Trump Jr. banged his biological underage niece. And it has pictures and videos of him smoking crack, you know, numerous times. It has his mistress leaving a gun in a garbage can by a school. A garbage can that he obtained illegally because he's a felon. And a video, and it has him videos of, of banging prostitutes while smoking crack. Would the media and investigative authorities handling it in the same slow, drawn-out fashion where propaganda sources like NPR brazenly bragged about refusing to cover it? Keep in mind that the mainstream propaganda media sources didn't care about chain of custody with numerous things and that they reported Republicans for including Trump's taxes that were illegally leaked. So just imagine if all those things I just said was Donald Jr. Okay, everything I just said was Hunter Biden. You know damn well if Trump was president, when he, or so I should say when he was president, if, let me, let me back up. Okay, Trump's running for president against Hillary Clinton. Okay. In October of 2016, uh, Don Jr., we'll just use Don Jr. I mean, I know there's other kids. We'll just, we're using him for an example. He takes a um, laptop to a, to a repair shop wherever. Doesn't pick it up. The repair shop turns it, you know, opens it up, finds all this stuff. It says, you know, turns it over to the FBI. Number one, if that were true, you would have heard about it that day. Um, not a few months later. And then even then, it was covered up. There was only a few news sources that were reporting on it. But for the most part, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, whoever else wasn't talking about it. The only place I even heard about it was on Fox and the New York Post. And then even when it was brought up during, during debates and stuff, uh, Joe Biden dismissed it as Russian fake news, you know, Russian propaganda or whatever. And everyone believed it. They're like, oh, yeah, it must be fake. I mean, who would do that? Who would turn, you know, why would your son take the laptop to a random repair shop? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he's a fucking crackhead. <laughs> That's what crackheads do. Crackheads make stupid decisions. That's why they're crackheads. But anyway, so Don Jr. turns laptop into wherever. The guy at the laptop store sees all this stuff. Do you think Trump would have won in 2016? No. But let's just say for shits and giggles, it didn't hit mainstream media. But a year or so into his presidency, it does. You're hearing about it. Do you honestly think that he would still be president? Um, I honestly, I honestly believe part of the reason that uh, Kamala is even vice president is to safeguard Joe's presidency. The problem is, is in, the powers that be that put this dream team together, the things they weren't thinking about was this. Kamala's a fucking idiot, okay? And they, they knew that because that's why she's there. She, she checks a box. I'm sorry to say this, but she checks a box. Um, she's a moron. She's got her way. She's gotten to where she's at the, the hard way, so to speak. Um, but Joe, Joe's been rewarded with being president for putting in his time, so to speak. I mean, he's been in politics since what, 74, I think. So I honestly believe he was put in place as president to get thing not to get things done like you would think you would want a president to be president to get things done that's not the case he's not there for those reasons he's there to get things done for whoever 
not us, not the American people. In the meantime, his son is using that to gain uh, influence, to gain financial, you know, benefits. Um, I think if Kamala was worth half a shit as a, as a vice president, she would already be, he would already be um, impeached. The reason he's not is, plus I think he knows a lot of things about a lot of people. And they know this. Um, is this whole, you know, me and Chris had a conversation about this coronavirus. You know, he's been, I think he's now four times in the last what, two, two weeks, two and a half weeks that he's tested positive. He's never going to leave the friggin' White House. And I joked about this last week saying it was much like him running for president. He stayed in the basement. Is he really sick? Does he really have coronavirus? I don't know. Um, are they setting this up for something else? I don't know. The interesting thing about all this is, is I think they're stuck. He's losing his mind. He's obviously, I mean, there's days when he seems normal and there's days when he just seems shot out. And anyone that's listening to this or watching this that that has had a, um, a relative or whatever that has had dementia or and or Alzheimer's, you can understand that what's going on with Joe Biden is early onset dementia, early stages of Alzheimer's. Eventually, and God help us if it happens within the next two years, but eventually this man's going to lose it. Okay? You can only do so much with with Alzheimer's and dementia-ridden patients, or <laughs> I say patients, uh, people, to to help them keep um, some sort of sanity, so to speak. Eventually, he's going to forget who he is, where he is, and why he is there. That's going to happen. And it literally could happen like that. Like, one morning, he could wake up, not realize, why am I in this room? Where am I at? I'm 12. Why am I in this? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not making fun of him, because I had a I had an aunt when I was a kid. Now, the, my family, on that side of my family, that was my grandmother's um, aunt. So she was like my my great great aunt, right? She was she was rather old. Now that side of the family came from Germany. Now when I say they came from Germany, their last name was Kraut. Okay? And I'm not just saying that. It was K R O U T Kraut. Okay? She was I couldn't tell you how old she was, but she was she was old. She was probably in her 80s. I was a kid. So I mean this was a while back. I was 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. And I remember she ended up having Alzheimer's. So you're talking back in the 80s, mid-80s mid when this happened. And this was up in Pennsylvania. So I remember going up there for the summer because I was born in Pennsylvania. We moved down here when I was 8, 9, whatever. Uh, but we went up there every summer. And, and I'll never forget. So she... <laughs> Oh, and Anna's, uh, you know, her her uh, Alzheimer's getting bad, so she's probably not going to know who you are. And as a as a child, you don't think about these things. You're like, oh, okay, you know, I don't even know what the hell that, that is. Alzheimer's, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking they said old timers, okay. Well, yeah, she's old as fuck. I know she's got old timers. <laughs> you know, and I'm not making fun of Alzheimer's. I'm just saying, as a 10, 11, however old I was at the time, you don't think about these things. So, um. I remember going up there, and she had totally forgotten how to speak English. She was from Germany, okay? She didn't know how to speak English anymore. She was a nine-year-old girl. She wasn't. She was like 80-something. Didn't know how to speak English. All she, she talked to you in German. So it was very difficult to communicate with her as a... a uh, however old, 10, 11, 12-year-old boy. Um, so the reason I say this is it, it happens that quickly. So he could literally wake up tomorrow and think he's eight years old back in Scranton, BA. And, and, and I'm not making fun of that. This is serious. When, when um, President Reagan, towards the end of his presidency, 
he was going through similar situation. Okay? It's not funny. We've had other presidents in the past go through these similar situations. That's why it's very difficult to vote for these these politicians when they're 70 years old. And and that goes for Trump too. I mean, you know, assuming he runs for president um, you know, in 24 you have to ask yourself, is he is he worthy? He's going to be 70, what, 76, 78, something like that. I mean, he he seems to have his wits about him. But I'll say this, too, about Biden. Three, three or four years ago, Biden seemed like he was fine, too. So, um, I'm not saying that I want to lose DeSantis as a governor, but you do have to wonder what our future holds for us. We're in a very difficult time when... When it seems in history, we've had presidents, you know, this is our 46th president, right? So, in the earlier days of our country, Washington, Adams, you know, when you had those presidents back in those days, it, it never failed. If you go through the list of presidents, starting with Washington and working your way up, just about every vice president that you had under whoever became president. And it pretty much, I think until Reagan, that stopped. Now you could say, well, Biden was was Obama's vice president. Yeah, but there was a gap in there. He didn't become president. And what I mean by become president, it's um, Washington was president, vice president was John Adams. <laughs> John Adams was president, vice president, you know what I'm saying? And then like you... You go to modern time, Kennedy, I mean, granted, you can say Kennedy was president and Johnson became president. It wasn't because he ran. It was, you know, a whole other story there. Um, But then you had situation like uh, Mondale was vice president and he didn't make it as president. And I mean, there are, I'm not saying that always happens, but in history, it it happens a lot, but in recent history, it doesn't. Like I said, you had Bush, you had Daddy Bush, right, was vice president with Reagan, became president. But then you had Clinton, Gore, Gore ran, lost. Then you had Bush, Cheney was his vice, never ran, thank God. Um, Biden, or Obama, Biden never ran. Now, I had always said in 16, if Biden had ran in 16, Instead of Hillary, he would have won. See, and the problem is with that is, and that's where you get into your conspiracies of this whole Trump phenomenon. And what I mean by that is this. In 2016, I I pondered the question, why isn't Joe Biden running for president? And the reason I said that is because he was that everyday Joe, lunch lunch bucket Joe. You know, he was that everyday guy. And there was no reason for him not to run and probably win the presidency. Here's why he didn't run for president. This is my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. It wasn't his... He wasn't He wasn't in line. He's not part of the group. You know what I'm saying? He was made vice president because of Obama. And the reason I say that is because of this. Obama being our first black president... You needed that elder statesman, so to speak, to be there. Not that he was monumental in making decisions and helping Brock do anything, but I think that's why he was placed there. He tried to run for president, what, two two or three times prior. But um, the reason he didn't run in 16 was because it was going to be either Jeb Bush or Hillary Clinton. That's That's how it was supposed to be. And you can sit here and listen to this, or you're watching, you could sit there and say, well, how do you know that? How was it supposed to be? How do you know it was going to be them? And the reason I say that is this. Look at when Trump won, how many people lost their mind. We want to talk about January 6th and insurrections and running the Capitol. Well, go back in your history books. I'm sure it's not in there, but you you can look it up. See what happened a week prior to Trump. Um, inauguration 
There was fires. There was rioting. There was all sorts of stuff going on in D.C. We don't hear anything about that. Those people weren't arrested for picketing and trespassing. Right? They literally... You remember the... the on, in November when he won. You had people screaming. When, when he won the Republican nomination, you had people freaking out. And I'm not talking about like people like me. Like, okay, I recall the whole thing. When Trump was running for president, I was kind of like, eh, eh, is he, is he serious? Is he really running? So in the primary, I, wrote, I voted for Ted Cruz. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm thinking, okay, Ted Cruz. It was either, in my opinion, it, was, it should have been either him or Rand Paul. The reason I voted for Cruz over Paul was because I felt Ted Cruz could have had a better following. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think Rand Paul, you know, I like his ideas better, but if you're looking for someone to win, right? But, um, and then he won the Republican nomination and, like, the Bushes lost their mind. So that's when the focus, and I'm, and when I say the focus, I'm not even talking about the uh, Democratic focus. I'm talking about some of the Republican. I'm talking about the rhinos in, in school. The, uh, the Bush family focused their attention on getting Hillary elected. It's true. And then when she lost to him, people lost their freaking minds. So you go four years. You can't have Hillary run again. So you gotta gotta put Biden in there because he would have won in sixteen. I'm sorry to say this, but he would have won in sixteen. Um, no one liked uh, Jeb Bush. I mean, Jeb was governor in Florida, and he won two times here, and it was amazing that he did. Um. You don't realize how much he fucked this state up until DeSantis started reversing some of his stuff. And it's like, wow, I didn't even realize that. But I'll be honest with you. I'm your typical voter. You know, six years ago, I was your typical voter. I'm Republican. I'm going to go vote for the R's. I didn't do any research. I'll tell you the one time I did vote outside of the pu- <laughs> of the party was when I voted for Obama. And I pff, admit that was a big mistake, but... I was duped. I was lied to, just like the rest of America. I thought that he was different. He was an outside, he was a young guy. He was an outside, outside the box thinking kind of guy. Shit, he was just one of the, one of the group. But anyway, so I came across this one thing on Twitter. And I'm going to let this play for a second here. It's very interesting. Now, this is um, Roger Waters was interviewed by CNN, okay? And uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure who the person is that's, that's interviewing him, but whatever, he's a CNN reporter. Um, and I really don't think they thought that the uh, interview was going to go this way. So um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this. So it's about two minutes long, so just listen to this. It's very interesting. Roger Waters, if you don't know who he is, he is the uh, one of the co-founders of Pink Floyd. Um, now, I say that, you'd say, okay, so he's an older, I mean, Pink Floyd, right, back in the 70s, right? So he's obviously an older gentleman. He's 70, 80 years old, if I had to guess. Um, you would think uh, just being a, entertainment type person that he's obviously leans one way or the other and I I have to wonder if CNN believes the same thing but I'm going to play this you listen to it and, and tell me what you think. In the current show you've got a montage of war criminals according to you and a picture apparently of President Biden on the screen and it says just getting started what's mm. that all about? President Joe Biden? Yeah. Well, he's fueling the fire in the Ukraine for a start. That is a huge crime. Why won't the United States of America uh, encourage Zelensky, the president, to negotiate 
obviating the need for this horrific, horrendous war but you're, that's you're, killing. You're blaming. How, uh, we don't know how many Ukrainians. But you're blaming the party Russia. that got invaded. Come on, you've got it reversed. Well, no, I, well that's that you. You know, any war. When did it start? What you need to do is look at the history, and you can say, well, it started on this day. You could say it started in 2008. Okay, it's basic. This war is basically about the action and reaction of NATO pushing right up to the Russian border, which they promised they wouldn't do when Gorbachev negotiated the withdrawal of the USSR from the whole of Eastern Europe. When you say this, then I have to say, what about our role as liberators? You of all people, with, you have with no role as liberators. World what are you War II, World War II. You, you, you got into you World War II because it's Pearl Harbor. You, Pearl Harbor. You were completely isolationist until that sad, that devastating. I, I would argue awful we were always in, going to in get in, and that pushed us in. But thank God the United States got in. Right? Well, you lost your father well, in World War II. Thank God well, yeah, the United thank States. You, but right? thank God the Russians had already won the bloody war almost by then. Don't forget, 23 million Russians died protecting you and me you from would, the Nazi you, menace. Hey, and you would think the Russians would have learned their lesson from war and wouldn't have invaded Ukraine. Well, you, you with all your reading, I would suggest you... Michael, <laughs> that you go away and read a bit more and then try and figure out what the United States would do if the Chinese were putting um, nuclear armed missiles into Mexico and Canada. There you go. So, I mean, <laughs> probably wasn't the interview that he was expecting to get, but he's right. He said, what would you do if China and we've we've asked that question here on this show? What I mean, okay, think back to what was it, sixty two? I think sixty one, sixty two, when when Russia parked uh, submarines off the coast of Florida and had missiles. Right? Imagine that happening now, but it's China setting up bases in Canada and uh, Mexico. I told you guys, we, we had this discussion on the show where the whole reason this Ukraine thing's going on is because there was a promise made. There was treaty signed. When Gorbachev allowed Ukraine and Georgia and all these other countries to become countries, Estonia and whatever, the, the whole point was that those countries, which were states of the Soviet Union would not become NATO countries. They were going to become sovereign, independent countries. And it was going to be a border, essentially, between Europe and Russia. Okay, because like Poland and whatever, those were NATO countries. So Estonia, I don't know all the countries, Estonia, Ukraine, Georgia, Belarus, whatever weren't going to be NATO countries, and that guy gave you that border between NATO and Russia. But as time has gone by since then, you've seen these countries become NATO countries. That's what's going on in Ukraine. Not to mention, you have people in Ukraine that are of Russian descent. Ukraine used to be Russia. Okay? So, you have people in that country that feel something. They'd be like uh, living in Texas, let's just say, for shits and giggles. And Mexico takes Texas back because it used to be theirs. Whatever. If you lived in Texas, you might feel some sort of way. <laughs> Wanting to be American again, right? So, it's a similar situation. So, you have... Um, There's that, essentially. And, and of course, not to make things any better, but you just had uh, our fucking uh, senators and congresspeople vote on um, allowing, what it was, Sweden and Finland into NATO. Yeah, that's going to help. Once again, you have that border that runs down of countries that in the promise that was made, countries won't become NATO, we're going to have this border. You've had some of these countries already become NATO countries. 
and Putin is, yeah, okay, I'll let it slide. But you're pushing too much. I don't know. Um, I just think it's interesting how you have someone like Roger Waters not know what his politics are. He's obviously not American. I mean, he's from England, right? Um, you have this guy who's interviewing him, throw that that whole thing I thought the interesting was uh, how he said we weren't even going to be involved in in uh, World War II if it wasn't for Pearl Harbor. And the reason I think that's interesting is this week, uh, God willing and the creek doesn't rise, or I should say God, God willing and Chris doesn't change his mind, we're going to do our part two on um, on false flags and if you recall, we have two topics left. One of them, which is Pearl Harbor. So we'll get into that because it's interesting that he brings Pearl Harbor, Har- no, Pearl Harbor up in World War II because we weren't going to get involved physically. We were involved in the sense that we were helping sending equipment and whatever to uh, England, but we weren't going to physically get involved or at least that was the idea so hopefully we have that for you this week um if christopher j mcgillicuddy doesn't change his mind son of a bitch (laughs) all right guys so uh i hope i hope you guys had fun i hope uh i hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh i'm gonna periodically do these shows now i will say this so today it's Saturday. I'm going to post this on the podcast. This will be on Sunday. Um, moving forward this week, we're going to do a Wednesday, or I'm going to do a Wednesday show. Then hopefully, like I said, uh, with Chris's participation, we'll do a Friday show. And um, what we're going to do, so that'll be this week. And then the following week, I'm on vacation. I'll be out of town. Now, what I'm doing for you guys is I have a show that I'm doing. Um, it's going to be very interesting. It's on the New World Order, and I'm, I'm actually labeling this show New World Order 2.0. So be on the lookout for that. So what I'm going to do is I'm getting that. I'm going to do some best of elements. And I'm going to take the old uh, trusty, dusty laptop with me uh, on my trip, and I'll have everything loaded up. So I'll, I'll be able to be like, boom, let me send out a show. Let me send out a show. So make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you please you subscribe to the show. That way you'll get the updates and you'll see, hey, D-Tom put up a show. Um, I just, <laughs> I'm curious. Well, um, and then please, whatever podcast app, if you can please leave a rating. If you want to leave a uh, comment, uh, whatever. If you want to follow us on Facebook, if you're not following us on Facebook to see these live photo, uh, live shows, it's Don't Tread on America. Instagram's the same, Don't Tread on America. Uh Twitter, DTOM underscore 1775. If you want to follow me on the Twitter machine, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And don't forget about our website, don't tread on America.com. But please, guys, like I said, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you could please follow us, subscribe to the show, whether it's Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Podbean, whatever. We're pretty much everywhere, with the exception of Pandora. For whatever reason, so screw Pandora, we don't really give a shit, whatever. Um, and uh, share this. Share this with your friends. Let them know how great this show is. And like I said, um, even though I'll be on vacation, I'm, I'm trying to make a conscientious effort to make sure we have shows on those weeks that I'm out of town. And if you live in the Louisville area, I will be in Louisville the week of the, what is that, the 14th through the 17th, 18th, whenever we're leaving there. And I will be partaking of uh, Maker's Mark bourbon, let's see, Bullet bourbon, uh, Old Forester, you know, I don't know, whatever's up there, I'm drinking it. Um, We're renting a car, we're driving up to Kentucky, look for us, we'll be in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, if you want to Meet up and buy me a drink. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at uh, PCGC underscore 1775. And, you know, maybe we'll do a meet and greet. All right, guys. Other than that, you guys have a great day. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. 
and I will talk to you again on, uh, let's see, this will be Sunday, so I guess I'll talk to you again on uh, Wednesday. Other than that, you guys have a great day, and uh, yeah, I'll see you then. <laughs> have a great day.